Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Let's go. Now, from Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida, and the T.R. Hughes Holmes Broadcast Center, here's Matt Hawley. On a Friday evening, we welcome you into the program, have you for a full two hours tonight, as we will take you till 8 o'clock this evening. We come your way live from Jupiter, Florida. It is the T.R. Hughes Holmes Broadcast Center here in Jupiter on the eve of the first spring training game of the year. The Cardinals are going to open up Grapefruit League play coming up tomorrow afternoon when they take on the Washington Nationals right here on KMOX. If you have been missing baseball, we are going to do our very best to uh, quench that thirst here early on. Uh, We're going to have baseball on the air for you each of the next three days, tomorrow, Sunday, and also Monday. Those are uh, three of the 15 games that we'll be running here on KMOX and across the Cardinals Radio Network. And that doesn't even account for the nine more broadcasts we are going to have that are going to be audio streaming at cardinals.com and mlb.com. So uh, we will take care of you when it comes to Cardinals spring training this year. Uh, Speaking of taking care of you, we got a lot to get to between uh, now and uh, 8 o'clock today. Uh, In our next segment, we're going to play some of the audio from uh, Craig Berube from last night following a Blues loss, another Blues loss, another bad Blues loss, and no punches were held last night from the Blues head coach. And uh, we'll play you some of that uh, audio, which was, um, I'm, I'm still trying to find the exact right word. It, was, it, it wasn't totally unexpected. He's not somebody that does pull punches. Uh, it, Maybe it was a little startling, but not that startling. Like, they're not playing well. There's guys who are not performing well. He's going to call you out. Like, I, but it was just, it was something. It was something. So we'll play uh, some of that audio for you coming up in uh, just a, a few moments. Later on this hour, our guy, Daniel Esteve from uh, Fox 2 and Channel 11, he is in Austin, Texas. And he is going to be covering the, uh, the beginning of St. Louis City SC as they open up uh, their existence with their first official match coming up tomorrow uh, down in Austin. And uh, Daniel is there, so we'll get a preview of that. Of course, you'll be able to hear that on our sister station, Y98. Y98 is your home for St. Louis City SC Soccer. Uh, Every moment of uh, those matches, you will be able to hear on sister station Y98. In our second hour, during the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to introduce you to the uh, newest member 
of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch team covering the Cardinals. That's Lynn Worthy. He is uh, a Cardinals beat writer teaming up with the, uh, with the entire crew there at the Post-Dispatch, uh, led by Derek Gould. But Lynn Worthy comes in. Uh, he had been covering the Royals in Kansas City for the Kansas City Star, and he takes that step up, joining uh, St. Louis and uh, covering uh, the Cardinals for the Post-Dispatch. So uh, you'll get to know Lynn a little bit in our second hour, and all we, as we always do in our second hour as well. We will hear from uh, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. We'll go through some of the things that he had to say during his uh, media conference today. And just to comment on those, and you'll hear the audio later on, but uh, you know, every day there's a few different narratives that we go through with Marmel. And today there was talk about how they're going to handle the WBC guys. Not really how they're going to handle, more like how they have been handling the WBC guys and just the schedule that they put them on because before long, these players are no longer going to be in Cardinals camp, and they are going to be in camp uh, with their WBC squads. And part of the discussion today was just the fact that they had worked with the various WBC teams to kind of find out. And this applies more to pitchers than hitters, to be sure, but they had, they, they had worked with the various WBC teams, kind of figuring out what they were going to be needing from these players, specifically pitchers, where they needed to be at before WBC team camps opened up. And then the idea was to put those players on a program to get them to that point. So generally, you're on a program to get to a certain point by opening day. This year, for these guys who are in the WBC, they were put on the program to get them ready for the WBC, and then they'll come back to camp after that and kind of go from there. So that was one of the bits of, um, uh, of information we were given today. I also talked a bit about uh, Wilson Contreras, and I found this to be pretty interesting. Again, we'll play the audio for you from Oliver Marmel last hour. There's been a lot of questions about Contreras' defense and what he's going to be able to do. And he's not Yadier Molina defensively. If you are going to go into the season expecting him to be Yadier Molina, expecting him to be a way above average catcher defensively, you're going to be disappointed. That's not who he is. But how good can he be defensively? And just just kind of reading between the lines of some things that were said, it really feels like the Cardinals are very happy with the work that Contreras is putting in and the work the organization is putting in with him to help him from a defensive standpoint. And I, I want to be careful in how I say this because they did not say it overtly, but it almost feels like in some ways what's going on is there was he was not pushed from a defensive standpoint in Chicago. And it also sounds like to me that there is just this work ethic that exists with the Cardinals. And that doesn't happen everywhere. It doesn't exist everywhere. The culture that has been instilled in this organization is not, and this is not just a pat, pat yourself on the back moment. Like this, this is a real thing. And there's, if people outside of St. Louis or people who don't like the Cardinals are listening to me right now, they're going to think, oh, there's somebody connected to the Cardinals, you know, talking about who, how good they are. But it's, it's a real thing. Like, I said this the other day. I follow a lot of reporters who cover teams uh, across Major League Baseball. And when it's full squad, first full squad workout day, there's a lot of guys who are showing up, and that is their first workout. Maybe they got to spring training a day or two early, but the, the first time they're out on the field – 
is that first full squad workout. That doesn't exist with the Cardinals. Everybody is there so early. I remember three, four days before full squad workout uh, report date this year, I, I actually I grabbed a roster. And because I was trying to figure out, okay, there's got to be somebody who's not here who's going to wait until full squad report day. And I looked at the roster and I was like, I've seen him, I've seen him, I've seen him, I've seen him. Like it just, it's a different world. It's a different commitment that exists inside of this organization. So where I'm trying to go with this is I felt like just listening to people talk about the defense, uh, the defensive ability of a Wilson Contreras. It feels like to me that there is this belief that he is being lifted up by the work ethic that exists inside of this organization that the routine and just the intensity and the intentionality that everybody shows he has gone right along with and maybe that isn't something that completely existed previously and the the dividends that are going to pay out are going to be what he does from a defensive standpoint he's not going to want to go glove back there He's not going to be an above-average defensive catcher. But can, he, can he be a good catcher? Can he be good enough? Can he not hurt you back there? All at the same time, having that monster arm where he can throw runners out. I think I said this to Kevin Wheeler last hour when we were doing sports at 515. I said to somebody. He became a better defensive catcher just with the rule changes because all of a sudden the catcher's role in limiting a run game of another team is that much more important where the bases are bigger so runners are going to be more willing to run um the fact that a pitcher can throw over the first a couple times and then all of a sudden you're probably not going to throw over again so a runner can get a little bit more aggressive in the lead that they take off of first well, that catcher can throw to first behind on a back pick and try to pick that runner off. We saw Yachty do that time and time again. Well, there's going to be more opportunities to do that. So the fact that Contreras' strong suit from a defensive standpoint is his arm and the way the rules have changed result in probably more opportunities to throw guys out, that makes Contreras a better defensive catcher right there. Uh, I am probably going to be most interested to see during this time of the year before the spring training games start, we hear over and over and over about like how, guy, how good guys look in live BP. And I can sit there and I can watch live BP and I can see how hard someone's hitting the ball or how far someone's hitting the ball, things like that. It doesn't mean a whole lot to me because it's live BP. And yeah, the, the pitchers that are out there are trying to get the hitters out, but we don't learn a whole lot. We're going to start to learn some things starting tomorrow with the first spring training game. So for a Paul DeYoung, who spent his entire offseason in Jupiter rebuilding his swing, this is going to be his first opportunity to face off against truly live pitching. And we're going to start to get an indication of whether or not those tweaks worked. A Nolan Gorman who was given an assignment at the end of the last year on some things they want him to change with his swing and the fact that he did so much work during the offseason. And so far, the response to it has been great, but at the same time, you don't know if it's going to work or not once 
you're facing off against guys who are really trying to get you out. What is that going to look like? So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Spring training getting underway in terms of game action tomorrow. We'll have it for you right here on KMOX. 12 o'clock first pitch tomorrow. Our pregame coverage with the voice of the Cardinals, John Rooney, along with Ricky Horton and Mike Claiborne. It is set to begin at 11.55 tomorrow morning. If you do want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. You can also tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. When we come back, we will play the audio coming out of the uh, Blues locker room last night after another bad loss. What does what... What does what was said last night mean for this team going forward? We'll discuss in just a moment. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line. We are broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, and we're back with more in just a moment on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, there's been a few games this year that the St. Louis Blues had no business losing, and I think last night would have been put in that category. They weren't playing especially well, but they had a 2-0 lead after a couple periods on their home ice. And then Vancouver scores two goals in the third and ends up winning in overtime. And that brought us to 
What turned into uh, certainly a memorable post-game uh, media conference uh, with Craig Berube and uh, also a player in Alexei Torpchenko. Welcome back in to Sports Open Line here on KMOX. We are broadcasting live from Jupiter, Florida and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. Again, the Cardinals are opening up uh, spring training play tomorrow afternoon. They'll take on the Nationals, a 12 o'clock start tomorrow. Our coverage will begin tomorrow morning at 11.55. But do want to talk a little bit about the St. Louis Blues and what happened last night. And we're going to play some of the comments made by uh, head coach Craig Berube and also some of the comments that were made by a player in Alexei Torpchenko. And with all due respect to Torpchenko, we don't think of him as being one of the team leaders. We don't think of him as being one of the team mouthpieces. But here we are, and uh, we got an interesting situation last night. So first off, we'll go through the audio, and then we'll try to break this down a little bit. So we'll start with uh, the comments that were made uh, by Craig Berube. Uh, starting with the fact that he said no passion, no grit from his players last night. Our, our best players don't play with any passion, no emotion, and no no inspiration at all. They don't play inspired hockey. You cannot play in this league without emotion, grit, and being inspired. Um, they're getting paid lots of money, and they're not showing. They're not doing the job. End of story. That's it. Mince words there. A lot more where that came from went on to say that the best guys on the team aren't caring about the team. A lot of guys, not uh, <clears throat> a lot of our best players not doing the job. Why do you think that's the case? I don't know. you have to ask them, Jim. I guess they don't care about the team. I don't know. So that was kind of a throwaway comment at the end. I don't think he believes that the best players don't care about the team, but it's also one of those things of, well, if you're you – know, the whole idea of action speaking louder than words, if your actions show that you don't care about the team, well, then do you not care about the team, even if you say you care about the team? You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, when you're a kid and you do something and, and a teacher or a parent scolds you and says, well, what you're saying with your actions is this, even if you say something else. And, you know, it's – they care about the team, but they're not, they're not playing – in a way that they do. Uh, there were some players who uh, played well, according to Berube. Awesome. Torpo had an outstanding game. Tucker, Bucci had an outstanding game. Um, Benner, you know, we have some guys that are, you know, you know, it's not, we have a lot of guys competing. Like, there's a handful of guys really competing and doing the job. But, again, you know, our best players aren't even close. First player he mentioned there was Alexei Torpchenko. More on him in just a moment. Last thing he mentioned was the best players not being good enough. He would go on specifically talking about Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. Cairo Thomas, one assist combined. Not good enough. Not, not, not even close. Again, not mincing words. And the moment this team moved on from Ryan O'Reilly, who was the captain and who was the leader. Uh, and to a lesser extent, Tarasenko, but certainly with O'Reilly, that brought in kind of the next era of Blues hockey. And the guys who are expected to lead the way are these young, super talented, high-paid players in Cairo and Thomas. And they are just not playing well right now. 
And I don't, I don't want to run away from the human side of things, okay? I don't, I don't want to run away from that because no matter what you do, no matter how much you get paid, there, you can't ignore what's going on around you. And stick with me here because I know right now it sounds like I'm about to make excuses for guys. I'm not going there. I'm not making an excuse. But what I am saying is they're not machines. We forget that way too often. And if you've listened to me much, you've heard me talk about that over and over and over. One of my pet peeves when it comes to the way sports fans handle professional athletes is the expectation that they are almost robotic in nature and they're not that doesn't mean don't high, hold them to a high standard that doesn't mean that the stakes aren't really high and if you're not performing at a certain level you can lose your job but at the same time don't celebrate somebody losing their job if it's time for a team to move on from somebody because they're not performing it's not also a time to celebrate the fact that that person basically just got fired like so that's the there's a there's a line there to straddle where it's a, it's a high-stakes business, but these guys are also human beings. So applying what I'm saying there to what's going on right here is it's a, it's a team with Stanley Cup aspirations, kind of, going into the season. Maybe that's too strong. Maybe they didn't have Stanley Cup aspirations, but they, they had playoff aspirations, that's for sure. They were expected to be one of the better teams in the Western Conference. They were expected to be battling for a playoff spot. How many times did we bring up what happened last year in the postseason and looking at that series against Colorado and feeling like they could have won that series against Colorado if not for the Bennington injury? So then you say, well, Colorado wins the Cup. They could have easily beat Colorado because this team built in a way that they can go on a playoff run, especially if the goaltender stays healthy. Like that, th- Those were the narratives that we were talking through before the season even got started. And now it's at a point where you've sold off a couple key players. You may sell off more players. This team is not going to the playoffs. This team has all of a sudden turned into one of the worst teams seemingly in the National Hockey League. And you've got a couple guys who got big contracts, a couple guys who are supposed to be in the middle of kind of leading the way on a good team and that's just not happening, the, the human reaction to that, no matter how much you're getting paid, no matter how many people are showing up to watch you play, no matter anything else, the human reaction to that is to not give your full effort. And you gotta fight through that. You have to find a way to fight through that. And I can say that, but it's a lot easier said than done. So I get it. I get why these guys aren't playing the highest level. But you know what? The great players, the really good players, the high character players, it doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter about any of those things. Those guys are internally challenged on an every moment basis to play their best and to be their best. And right now, the Blues are not getting that from Kairou and they're not getting that from Thomas. All right, so we heard from Craig Berube. Let's get into the comments now that were made by Alexi Torpchenko because these were the comments that I think really, and I'm not playing these in order, by the way. Torpchenko said this, and then uh, Berube spoke. So Berube said all those things that we just uh, played 
before these comments. I wanted to play Barubi first, but uh, this is what Torpchenko had to say. First off, let off by saying last night was the worst game he's seen in his life. Especially for me, like, it looks like this game was, like, worst of, like, all my life, how the team played today. That's, that's not good. Worst game I've seen in my life. That's, the, that's taking it pretty far. Uh, would go on to say, it's the NHL, it's not a beer league. Even where, if we are not on the playoff spot, like, I will do everything because it's a hockey game. You, don't, you cannot leave, especially when you're playing like, in the NHL. You're not playing like, somewhere else on a beer league or something like that. You need to show something. You need to show character and like, be strong everywhere. Just like, play from your heart. He would go on to say that they need to play for the fans and they need to play for each other. Especially for fans, you, 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 cannot, you cannot play like that. You, like I said, you need to play, like, I don't know, for fans, for yourself especially, and like for everybody from the team, like, because team is like just one family. It's not only about one guy, and like, you need to be like the part of it and uh, show some like, respect to each other. It's a lot being said right there, and he played well. He basically called his teammates out, and it's, it's just not good right now. It's just not good and they got to figure this out. And by, there's culpability everywhere. Like, Craig Berube is the head coach of this team. Part of his job is to motivate guys. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's not without blame. Uh, putting this roster together is, you know, with Doug Armstrong, he's not completely uh, free of guilt. Because you know, when you sign guys, you, you want to know their character. That's part of what's, what's going on. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that these guys don't have good character, but it's just there's a lot of bad stuff going on and there's been bad stuff going on for a while and we'll see what happens it's a you know what who cares what happens the rest of the way this year they're not a playoff team and uh but they're gonna have to rework this roster they've got all these draft picks they're going to be able to utilize those to go get some nhl ready players or they can you know draft guys it's a we're it feels like we're at a crossroads for this organization but the two guys that have the big contracts, the two guys who are expected to be right in the middle of them getting going again, it's not good when those are the players that are being called out by the head coach in uh, Kairou and Thomas. And that's just something to watch moving forward. Not that Kairou and Thomas are going to battle with their head coach, but more often than not, if a head coach calls out star players, it does not end well for the coach. I'm not... Craig Berube has been given a, a vote of confidence by Doug Armstrong. I'm not saying this team is going to make a coaching change, but just, just something to watch. Two star players were just called out by their coach. If that happens in other leagues, that's, that's top news. That's big news. That's sports center leading off with it. Like that's, that's a huge thing. This is hockey. This is a team that's not overly relevant right now, so we're talking about it. But it's something to keep an eye on moving forward. All right, speaking of things to keep an eye on, how about an ear on? We're going to have uh, City SC Soccer on our sister station, Y98. The broadcast officially begin tomorrow. We're going to preview the uh, city opener. Our guy, Fox 2 and Channel 11 uh, sports reporter and anchor, Daniel Esteve, he is hunkered down in Austin, Texas, and uh, we're going to talk with him about what's going to be happening coming up tomorrow. We'll do that next. It is a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We are live in Jupiter, Florida at Cardinal Spring Training and at the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX.
It all begins tomorrow for the Cardinals when it comes to Grapefruit League play and spring training play. We'll have it for you as the Cardinals match up against the Nationals tomorrow, a 12 noon first pitch. That means our coverage begins at 11.55. It all begins for real. No, uh, no preseason to this, no exhibition to this. It is a match that counts tomorrow as St. Louis City SC begins their existence officially. They are going to match up against Austin on the road tomorrow in what's going to be the first ever match for City. Let's head to Austin, Texas right now. We'll welcome on to the program. He is a sports anchor and reporter with Channel 2 and Fox 11. Uh, yeah, excuse me, with Fox 2 and Channel 11. I, met, I gave the wrong thing to the wrong channel there. He's Daniel Esteve. You follow him on Twitter at uh, Daniel J. Esteve. Hey, Daniel, I tried, to, uh, I tried to make Channel 11 the Fox affiliate there. Hey, Matt, I forgive you just this once, my man, and every time to follow. Don't you worry. It's all good. Appreciate it. What's the uh, what's the feeling? You've been down in uh, Austin for a, a day or two now. You tweeted out a photo a while back uh, that kind of you could see in the distance the scoreboard inside of uh, the Austin Stadium, and you could see that uh, that city logo. Uh, is there some it just what's the excitement level as City SC is getting ready to open up their existence? I mean, honestly, it was right from the start. So no Matthew McConaughey yet. I've heard, I've heard little spits and spats that he's going to be at the game tomorrow, so we'll find him. But as far as St. Louis City is concerned, I hopped on a plane that flew through Tulsa and then came into Austin. And the amount of people rocking St. Louis City SC gear, not only through the Austin airport, but just on my flight in particular, were absolutely wild. So it's just getting more and more ramped up by the hour. And uh, from what I was told, the team arrived at 5 o'clock, and then they did a team dinner at 6 o'clock over at their hotel near downtown. And now it's just all preparation from here on out. But I can expect that tomorrow is going to be absolutely bonkers, and that's really not just from St. Louis City's fan base, but Austin FC El Verde is what they've been come to know. That's one of the top fan bases in all of MLS. So you're looking at two of the best going head-to-head in week one. Yeah, it was Austin that had the record for the sellout of uh, season tickets, and then City broke that record when they put season tickets on sale. So, to your point, uh, this is a re- how did these City fans get get into this place? How did they find tickets in if if Austin uh, has so many season ticket holders? Yeah, well, a lot of the times they allot a certain amount of tickets to a visitors, um, and they have a visitors section actually in the stadium reserved for that group from what i understand they've sold out those already going back to your point about the historical significance of season ticket sales it took austin 30 days that was a record it took city 15 minutes to get all those deposits in so you talk about how wild st louis city is going to come through it's just a recipe for for a really really great night and uh, martin kilcoin actually just uh, on our six o'clock hit on fox two this evening Talked a little bit about the similarities with Atlanta United. They were an expansion franchise in 2017. The following year won the entire MLS. Well, Austin, two years ago, was dead last in their first year and finished second in the West and were among the final four in playoffs last year. So as far as turning an expansion team to a success quickly, that's been how it's worked these past couple of years. No telling that St. Louis City is going to be able to do it just like that, but There have also been people that have said St. Louis City can actually speed that up, given the fact that they've had more time to prepare for this day. I think it's 1,286 days since the original announcement that they were going to get a team. I mean, you talk about multiple years leading up to this moment. I I think they're more than ever 
ready for for tomorrow night. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the actual soccer because there were some preseason polls and, and, and stuff like that that came out this past week, and they bluntly they were not kind to City SC. The, <laughs> the expectations from a soccer standpoint are about as low as they could possibly be for this team. Is there any reason to believe that this season this team can exceed these outside expectations? I mean, yeah, they're speaking from experience. Like I just mentioned, Atlanta – um, LAFC, Austin FC, three of the top teams in the league, they were all bottom of the table their first their first year in the league. So it's no different for City as far as the expectations are concerned. It cracks me up. One of those polls didn't even list St. Louis City on their prediction. <laughs> so that goes to show what people are thinking about City. But none of those teams had a fraction of the time to prepare. None of those teams had not, not just the resources or, or the time to prepare, like I mentioned, but some of the players with the experience they have, you talk about Roman Berkey. I mean, he was playing Champions League football not five years ago for Borussia Dortmund, one of the top teams in the, in the world. So you think about preparation. I understand the MLS is a different game. That's why you go get a guy like Tim Parker. I think expectations like Lutz Fanenstiel, like Bradley Carnell mentioned in their presser, need to be tempered. Maybe year two, you start to heighten those. But this year, it's all about progress. But all the players I talked to, Edward Lewin, and you talk about Roman Berkey, and you talk about Tim Parker, all of them said, hey, our goal is to make the playoffs. And with an expanded playoff format, I personally don't see why they don't have the best shot of any of those new expansion teams that have come in the past couple of years to make that a reality. What but I'm an optimist. Does... We know this too, Matt. We know that too. We... Good guy, Daniel Esteve. Always has a smile on his face, I, I, which, I, which I love about you. I'll finish you off with this. Uh, the the City 2 team having the success that they had, which um, you saw up close, can that have any impact on what this group is having this year? I think the playing style will help. I mean, the, the aggressive, the forward pressing, the high energy, you know, it's really that 60th to 65th minute of any contest where you're really thinking, okay, can they keep this up? Can they maintain? City 2 showed that they could. I do think you have to take that with at least to some degree a grain of salt, given the fact that some of their, you know, City SC players were playing on that City 2 team and playing against not lesser competition, but of course in the MLS Next Pro. Um, so that was an adjustment period, and we definitely saw a lot of great success stories. You know, Kyle Hebert comes to mind. And we get to see Josh Yarrow, even though he was already signed for MLS, really show his stuff. Um, I think the result is difficult to take that and say that we'll be a successful MLS club. But I think you take the two years prior, bringing in Lutz Vantage deal, building the training ground, building the stadium, and building, you know, not the flashiest of players, but this group of players that fits the system. That is what you point to and say, okay, I'm going to draw confidence from that. I could potentially see success in the MLS season, not necessarily City 2, in my opinion. He's a uh, sports anchor and reporter. He gallivants across the country. He was just in Jupiter like a week ago here with me. Now he's in Austin, Texas for uh, City SC tomorrow. He's Daniel Esteve. Daniel, thank you so much for the time. We'll see, uh, we'll see you soon. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Daniel Esteve uh, joining us again, Fox 2 and uh, Channel 11. And he is uh, down in Austin, City SC. They open up their existence 
tomorrow against Austin, and you'll be able to hear it on our sister station, Y98. All right, we'll take uh, one more break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll wrap up hour one. Hour two, by the way, uh, you'll want to be, uh, there's a lot we got to, we'll get to, but uh, Lynn Worthy, who is the newest member of the media group covering the Cardinals, he came in uh, with Rick Hummel's retirement from the Post-Dispatch. Post-Dispatch uh, needed another baseball writer. They got him in Lynn. He and Derek Gould uh, team up, and, of course, all the other baseball writers at the Post-Dispatch as well, in addition to the columnists. But uh, you'll get a chance to get to know Lynn a little bit. That's going to be coming up at 715, uh, 720-ish. Up next, uh, we'll wrap up hour number one. We'll talk a little bit about the Battle Hawks. They got a win yesterday, and uh, we'll make it some more Cardinals baseball as well before all is said and done. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We're broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, and we're back after this on KMOX. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line from Jupiter, Florida, the site of Cardinals Spring Training. We are broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, and we'll continue to be here really uh, through the duration of spring training in uh, some form or fashion. Coming up next hour, uh, it's a chance for you to get to know Lynn Worthy. You are going to read him a lot moving forward. He came in as one of the new uh, beat writers covering the Cardinals for the Post-Dispatch. And uh, he'll uh, join us here uh, at about 15, 20 minutes or so, uh, an opportunity to get to know him. And then we'll do our daily uh, Oliver Marmel audio. He meets with the media on an everyday basis in the morning, and we take some of what he says and uh, replay for. They did something interesting, by the way, today, and we're going to get into this. You'll hear more about it uh, when we play the audio back from Oliver Marmel. I thought this, okay, so I putting this out here, this is my first time covering spring training. Uh, even when I was covering the Brewers, they did, not, uh, they did not send me to spring training. Uh, if it was not connected to the Green Bay Packers, where I was at, they were not going to uh, put any resources towards it. So it's a, it's a little different in a better way where I'm at right now, to, to be sure. Uh, so I, I say this going through spring training for a first time, but the Cardinals did something today which I thought was really cool and really smart and really interesting. While pitchers were out throwing, they had three other guys behind the screen, right behind the mound, and then three guys go stand behind the plate with very close eyes on the pitcher. And what they were doing was they were watching to see whether or not the pitcher was tipping their pitches in any way. And it was a, uh, it was a team effort, and they will continue to do that and make sure that uh, everybody gets eyes on them. But it was just an interesting kind of um, exhibition in teamwork, for lack of a better term. And I thought it was really interesting to see that, how they were all so focused on uh, what was going on. So watch that today. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't know if every that may be something that every team does in spring training every year and is just a completely normal and completely standard thing. But me being the newbie, me not really knowing what's going on, I saw that and I just thought it was really cool that they were doing that. And uh, anytime that you can make yourself better by being a good teammate, I am I am in favor of that. And to see. Uh, them utilizing other guys in, in that way today, I thought was pretty cool. Wanted to mention this real quick, uh, and I was on uh, I was on a conference call earlier today with uh, Battlehawks coach uh, Anthony Beck. Was hoping to play some of that audio for you, but uh, we're running a little bit of time today. 
Battlehawks win again. They uh, beat Seattle yesterday 20-18. to They are the only 2-0 team right now in the league. That's a little bit deceiving because they're, the only, they're one of two teams that has played two games, Seattle being the other because they started off the week here on a Thursday night. Uh, they'll play one more road game next Sunday against D.C., and then they're going to match up against Arlington at home on Sunday, March 12th. That's going to be a 3 o'clock start. Uh, they're already opening up uh, the upper deck at the Dome to sell more tickets. People are continuing to buy. It's, it's, it's so much fun to watch the support that uh, St. Louis is giving to the Battlehawks. And they're playing pretty good football. That's, the, that's kind of the bottom line on this. They're winning games. They're playing pretty good football. They're putting out a product that's fun to watch. I don't know how good they really are. I don't think any of us know how good any XFL team is. Uh, but it's fun to watch what's going on. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what happened with Manny Machado today. He made kind of some baseball history. And Lynn Worthy joins us next hour as well. It's Sports Open Line on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 